Today, I want to begin by telling you a story about how I almost left the seminary. And so basically, as the story goes, I was at St. Augustine Seminary in Scarborough, Ontario, assigned to be a priest, when I was tempted to leave the seminary for a whole variety of different reasons, right? And so I remember talking to my spiritual director and listing all these different uh, things I was going through, different issues I was facing. And I remember him saying to me in response, um, do you feel like God is calling you to leave the seminary? Do you feel like God is calling you to leave the seminary? And what he meant was, um, do you feel like God is calling you specifically to go from this specific situation to that specific situation? And the underlying point was that, you know, unless you're, you're, you feel grounded in God's call, again, to go from this specific situation to that specific situation, by default, you should just kind of stay where you're at, right? And so I realized I should stay where I was at. And uh, so, you know, here we are, right? And the takeaway message for me kind of going forward was that sometimes, even though it sounds kind of strange, the Lord calls you to just kind of hold on, right? So you might find yourself in a difficult situation, which is, again, painful, difficult, uh, uncomfortable for a whole variety of different reasons. But in the absence of God calling you to go from this situation to that situation, you're called sometimes, many times, just to hold on and to endure. And funny enough, you find the same principle being articulated in the gospel itself, right? Particularly the gospel of Luke, the story which you find uh, typically on the occasion of, of Christ the King, right? So basically what you find in the context of the story, Jesus Christ, he, he finds himself on, on Good Friday, he's suffering and dying on the cross, obviously for the salvation of the world, and he's being mocked. He's being mocked by the scribes, the Pharisees, people of that ilk. And basically what they're saying to him is like, look, if you are the king of the Jews, you would come down from the cross. And if you read between the lines, basically what they're saying to him is like, look, if you were smart, if you were wise, if you were strong, if you were powerful, if you truly are the king of the Jews, the son of God himself, you would come down from the cross, you would assert your will and basically destroy your enemies, right? That's what you would do. But of course, the Lord doesn't do that. He continues to, to suffer and die on the cross. He continues to hang there again for the salvation of the world. And what the Lord is communicating through his, his suffering endurance, through that great witness, is that when you kind of enter into the stance of suffering and enduring in obedience to God's will, you're not being weak, you're not being pathetic, but instead you're actually being extremely strong and powerful. You are acting in the footsteps of Christ the King. You know, to illustrate the point in a more contemporary sort of way, I want to share with you a story from the life of Jordan Peterson. Dr. Jordan Peterson, who of course is a really famous media personality and clinical psychologist. So as the story goes, Jordan Peterson was basically talking about this really notable interview he had back in the day, which essentially made his career, right? So uh, basically, as he tells the story, he was doing the interview, and uh, basically it was very uncomfortable and very um, aggressive in, in terms of the, the interviewer's tone. But in retrospect, Dr. Jordan Peterson thought that he did pretty well. And so his lingering concern was how the news station would basically cut the interview, right? And so to no one's surprise, they cut the interview in favor of the interviewer, right? So there was a like, seven-minute clip, I suppose, that made him look um, kind of bad. And so he saw that and he thought, okay, that's, that's pretty terrible, but what are you going to do? And he was ready to move on with his life. But then funny enough, what happened is that that TV show ended up posting the entire interview basically uncut on YouTube. As a result of which people got to see the entire interview, they saw what Jordan Peterson was, was trying to say. And so they basically came to his events, you know, all these different internet trolls and whatnot. And so basically over a period of weeks, the tide sort of turned in his favor. And basically the reason why Jordan Peterson was telling this particular story was to kind of highlight the importance of telling the truth. And so the way he kind of framed it was like, look, um, whenever I do interviews, 
I'm not kind of worried about trying to convince my audience, right? So I'm mindful that I have an audience, but at the same time, you know, in response to the questions being posed, I, I try to think about the questions in a thoughtful sort of way and, and kind of articulate the truth in response to those questions, right? And basically, you know, he went on to say, like, look, it's it's not um, it's not courage, it's not bravery, but in a certain sense, it's kind of like faith. Faith in the redeeming power of truth. Faith in the redeeming power of truth. And so as it applies to like social media and kind of like discussions in the public forum, what he was basically saying was like, look, you make a point, for example, in, in the context of the public forum, social media, whatever. People might respond badly in the early going, but if you have the, the patience and the, the courage just to kind of hang in there, again, in a stance of suffering endurance, like you'd be surprised what happens, right? So again, it's a matter of having faith in the redeeming power of truth. If I speak the truth, if I live the truth in every circumstance, I got to trust and believe that somehow good will come out of that particular circumstance. And then he went on to say that what's at stake is more than a particular conversation or a particular interview or a particular post. What's at stake is, is your life, right? Because the whole idea is that if I don't live my truth, if I don't speak the truth because I'm afraid of like whatever, then what are you doing, right? You're not living your life. And so basically his takeaway message was that, you know, yeah, sometimes it's going to hurt to kind of live in a space of suffering endurance when people don't receive you, when they don't respect you, when they respond badly, right? But that's a lot better than not living your truth and not living your life, right? Because if you're not living your life, then what are you doing? You're just existing as opposed to living your particular truth. Okay, one final note, and I'll kind of end with this. So something I, I really love about being Catholic is that we're really good at sort of stealing from the culture. And what I mean by that is that we're really good at sort of acknowledging that anything which is authentically good, true, and or beautiful in the culture is of the Lord, right? Because of course, the Lord is the very embodiment of truth and goodness and beauty. But at the same time, funny enough, the church is really comfortable living in that space where she says, well, something is kind of true, kind of good, kind of beautiful, but it needs some massaging, it needs some qualification. And so that's what I want to do with regards to the stuff I just quoted with regards to Jordan Peterson. It's not to say that he's wrong, but I want to take it kind of one step further. And so again, obviously Dr. Peterson was focusing specifically on how to conduct oneself in the context of the public forum and on social media. And it's true, right? If you have faith in the redeeming power of truth, then all sorts of possibilities exist, right? And so, yeah, if you just hang in there a lot of times for like two weeks, three weeks, and, and persevere in speaking the truth, good things will eventually happen and you'll see that happening. But again, I want to qualify this particular articulation of truth by basically saying this. There are many times, as we all know, where we're kind of navigating through life and we encounter problems or situations and we pray to God, like, God, like, what do you want me to do in this particular situation? And no answer particularly comes, right? He's not calling us to do this as opposed to that. And so, you know, hearkening back to our original example of me being in the seminary, by default, obviously, the Lord calls us to stay in the stance of suffering endurance. But here's the thing, right? So in terms of us staying in that stance and suffering and enduring, um, a lot of times we won't see the fruits of our efforts, uh, certainly not in two weeks, certainly not in three weeks, uh, maybe not even for our entire lives, uh, because it's, it's kind of beyond our pay grade. And so the question is, like, what do we do in that particular circumstance? Well, I think, again, it comes down to a matter of faith. We've got to believe that whenever we act with faith, whenever we act with trust, whenever we act out of pure love, love for God and love for other people, we got to trust and believe that these things, these actions, these choices we make with these particular motivations, they are never wasted, but indeed they are the building blocks of the work of salvation. 
And what's more, we've got to believe that whenever we persevere in a stance of suffering endurance, out of love for God, in obedience to His will, we're not being weak, we're not being pathetic, we're actually being immensely strong and tremendously courageous. We're walking in the footsteps of giants, the saints, the martyrs, Christ the King Himself. And may God bless you all.